G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Prostitution laws are under review in the state of South Australia. So an opportunity today to take the lid off one of the most controversial issues that is faced by governments and seek some Christian commentary, not only on what we might think as Christians, but how our values might contribute to making laws. Well, sex work in Australia is governed by state and territory laws, which vary from state to state. In the eastern states of Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria, sex work is legal and regulated. In Tasmania, in South Australia, the Northern Territory and WA, sex work or the exchange of sex for money is legal, but brothels are illegal and prostitution is not regulated. Where prostitution is illegal, the situation forces workers underground with sex workers at risk of violence and because they feel unable to report to police. So a model that is being debated is called the Nordic model. Now that comes from Sweden, which bans the buying of sex rather than the selling of sex. So an interesting and controversial conversation ahead of us today and two special guests to introduce. First of all, Peter Abetz, former WA Upper House member and has been a prominent Australian politician who's worn his Christianity proudly as a legislator. Peter's joining us from WA. Hello, Peter. Welcome along. Good morning. And Peter, uh, also welcoming Jack Sonneman from the Australian Federation for the Family, who's spent uh, decades as a campaigner for family values, especially in the battle against pornography. Jack Sonneman, welcome back to 2020. Yes. All right, Jack. And uh, Jack and Peter, you know each other, don't you? Yes, indeed. We have uh, we have met and uh, communicated at different times, for sure. Okay. Well, it is a controversial conversation today and interesting that we'll talk about some different positions and acknowledging that not all Christians agree on particular positions when it comes to some of the ethical issues that our nation faces. But uh, let's just set the scene for a few moments here and I'll uh, I'll come to you first, Peter Abetz. Uh, you've done a lot of research when it comes to what is known as the Nordic model. Uh, Peter, explain for listeners what the Nordic model is and how it works. Yeah, look, the Nordic model is uh, an approach to dealing with prostitution that was pioneered in Sweden in uh, 1999. They changed their legislation. And basically what it does is it makes it an offence to purchase sexual services. And uh, it's based on the... Uh, uh, approach that um, you try and reduce the demand for prostitution uh, by uh, going after those who seek to purchase sexual services. And the mindset for that uh, came very largely from the feminist movement, actually, because the liberal feminists, they were always, and that's what they say in Australia, you know, it's a woman's right to sell her body if that's what she wants to do. But the Scandinavian uh, radical feminists, they 
started singing from a different song sheet in the 80s and the 90s, and they said, hang on a minute, prostitution is not about a woman's right to sell her body. It's actually about men with money exploiting vulnerable women because the fact is, and I, um, and I can vouch for this myself as I actually was involved in counselling women leaving the, or trying to leave the sex industry uh, here in Perth for a number of years, and the fact is that I've, I've yet to find a woman who thinks it's fun to be a prostitute. Um, every woman that I counsel uh, entered into prostitution out of sheer desperation because they felt they had no other way of meeting their uh, needs or because they had a, a husband, boyfriend, uh, lover boy, whatever you call it, uh, who was um, uh, like bullying them into doing prostitution to, so that the, the, the male could get money for their drugs or for whatever, uh, their gambling addiction or whatever it was. And the interesting thing is that in Sweden, that approach has basically killed the sex industry. Um, and it's not only the purch- that the purchase of sexual services becomes illegal, any advertising becomes illegal for prostitution. And if a taxi driver, for example, hands out a, say, business card for a woman who's trying to sell herself, he's deemed a pimp and can go to jail for 10 years. If a hotel uh, operator knows the prostitution is taking place in a room in his hotel, if he does not inform the police, as soon as he becomes aware of it, he's deemed a pimp and go, can go to jail for 10 years. Um, and the uh, approach also is that they have very well-funded exit programs so that when a woman is trying to sell herself, um, uh, what happens is the uh, they because advertising is forbidden. They usually use the internet to advertise themselves with on service bases, mainly in the Netherlands. The police trawl the internet looking for those advertisements. When they find them, they don't send the police in. They actually send social workers in to try and convince the woman to go into rehab because they find that 95% of these women are actually drug addicts or they are in violent domestic relationship type of situations and uh, the bulk of women do then go to uh, into the exit programs but if they don't uh, because the, the woman is not penalized for trying to sell herself what the police then do is they stake out the place her phone is tapped and because to purchase or attempt to purchase sexual services is the offense what happens is is that the police they tap the phone and so any male who goes to visit that, um, that apartment or wherever the woman is operating from, they get arrested because they've got the recorded. They don't have to prove that there's a sexual activity taking place because attempting to purchase is uh, the offence as well. And uh, they're issued an infringement notice um, and uh, uh, they offered free counselling. And if they, for repeat offences, you can go to jail for two years. And the result has been amazing in that basically it's killed the prostitution industry in, in Sweden. And in the last 10 years or so, every country that's uh, changed, made significant changes to their prostitution laws have gone down the path of the so-called Nordic approach because it works so well. And Jack Sonneman, you've got some slightly different views on how uh, prostitution should be approached here in Australia in various states. 
And uh, when we spoke a little earlier this week, uh, there was a significant uh, hornet's nest uh, stirred up because you take a conservative approach and uh, not everybody uh, thinks that that is as useful when it comes to engaging with the political process in order to bring about some change. Uh, Jack Sonneman, just remind us your thoughts on, on what you think of the Nordic model. I think the Nordic model is simply that, a Nordic model. And I think the people of God in this nation should accept a biblical model. I think that women are uh, exploited by and not uh, empowered by being sexually penetrated multiple times every day. In fact, I think they're being harmed. So I think every aspect of prostitution should be illegal, not simply some aspect. I am what's called an abolitionist. I would like to see prostitution abolished, not regulated. The Nordic model regulates the prostitution industry. I don't think it's an industry that needs regulation. I think it's an industry that needs abolishing. So the feminist leaders that have come up with this have come up with the with the Nordic model from a man-hating feminist perspective. Bad, bad men, nice, poor girls. Well, you know, in some of the third world countries, girls are actually sold into slavery, and it it, it, it helps alleviate their family's uh, financial situation. It helps get them out of poverty. It helps all kinds of things. But here in Australia, the girls are selling themselves because they like the money. They like the lifestyle it brings, and it doesn't False. help empower women. It doesn't help put them on a pedestal, and as men of God in this nation, we should protect them. We should love them enough to let them know that what they're doing should not be sanctioned by law. It should be prohibited by law. Just as we have prohibited murder, we should also prohibit prostitution. Okay, Jack, let's bring uh, Peter in with a response to uh, the uh, the thoughts that you have there because there is a, a very conservative and a biblical approach that I think Christians ought to be very, very aware of. And when it comes to implementing this sort of biblical approach, obviously our values, we'd like to see our values recognised when it comes to the legislative process. There is a practical way in which that has to happen. Your response to uh, to some of the more conservative ideas, Peter Abetz? Look, um, it's interesting, Jack says he's an abolitionist. It's interesting that the sex industry, which detests the Nordic model because it kills the sex industry, they actually refer to the Nordic model as the abolitionist position because it's the only legislation anywhere in the world that has actually resulted in a massive, massive reduction in the number of women involved in prostitution. So I absolutely am an abolitionist um, and uh, the... Uh, the the way that uh, you can reduce the amount of um, women involved in prostitution is we need to ask the question, what is the most effective way of uh, bringing that about? Um, you know, uh, Jack mentioned murder. Sure, we've made laws that ban murder. The fact is people still murder. And I think what Jack Jack sort of says that, you know, nice girls sell themselves because they like the money. Look, that, is, that might be 1% or 2% of the sex industry. It just isn't like that. I think the, the media so often portray the prostitution industry as glamorous, as that 
uh, you know, girls enjoy it and all this sort of thing. Let me assure you that just is a total, total myth. It just isn't like that. And I, I would put it to uh, Jack and anyone who uh, objects to the Nordic approach of not prosecuting the women, um, I, I, um, if you think of, say, domestically violent relationships, ask yourself the question, is it okay for a woman with her children to remain long-term in a domestically violent relationship? We'd also know that is wrong, but we don't prosecute the woman for staying in that violent relationship. We prosecute the man for being violent to his wife or prosecute the woman for being violent to her husband because there are so many dynamics going on in the relationship which for many women they just find it too difficult to get out of that relationship and the uh back in uh, 2003 there was a massive study done uh they interviewed over 800 prostitutes in Canada, Colombia, Germany, Mexico, South Africa, Thailand, USA and Zambia, 89% said they would leave prostitution immediately if they thought they could survive without it. That gives you a picture of the situation. 70% of women in uh, prostitution are suffering post-traumatic stress disorder. They are not there because they love the money. It's uh, either because they're drug addicted or they're in a violent relationship or what it's, it's all that kind of a mess. And one of the things that uh, is um, wherever you go where they have the approach, like in the United States where uh, I think Las Vegas is the only place where prostitution has some kind of legal sanction, um, where every aspect is criminalized, what happens is it's so easy to prosecute the women. And, the, and very rarely do men get prosecuted. And the result of um, that is that even trafficked women who are totally there against their will get prosecuted because, well, they were doing something illegal, they get prosecuted. Um, but if we can reduce the demand by making an offence to purchase sexual services and it works, it kills the sex industry then we have actually achieved the goal of, um, of uh, yeah, reducing the number of women involved in the sex industry. Because let's be frank, every, um, every woman involved in prostitution is someone's daughter. And uh, I don't think any of us would want our daughters to be involved in prostitution. And uh, so I think that's a, something that we, we really need to be very very clear on that the Nordic approach is so far is the best legislative framework for reducing the number of women involved in prostitution. Well, I wanted early on in our conversation to come to a point where we say, what is it that Christians uh, coming from a biblical worldview, coming from a biblical position, ought to agree on. And I think we've we've struck a chord uh, with something that we do agree on, and that is that Christians hold an abolitionist position to prostitution, not a regulationist position. And so holding an abolitionist position, there must be uh, some reasons for that. And, uh, and if we were talking about a biblical foundation, I guess we're talking about the idea that sex is sacred. 
that it is something that is reserved for the confines of marriage, that women are valuable, uh, that faithfulness in marriage is something that's valued by God. And the idea of putting temptation in the way that might disrupt marriages is going to be a real challenge. Uh, When we come to these sorts of things that we would agree on from a biblical position, uh, Jack Sonneman, you've been thinking through those sorts of things. Uh, What can you add to those ideas? Well, we need to be careful not to contradict ourselves when we say they're not in it for the money, but they would leave it if they could get the money elsewhere. They are in it for the money. Uh, rarely the men get prosecuted has also been, been, been said, when in fact, uh, what are the actual numbers of men being prosecuted? I think that we should proscribe all aspects, not just some. I think the men should be prosecuted. So that's where the law needs to go to prosecute everyone involved in illegal activity. Now, when we look at this from a biblical basis, there's a little poem that has a verse in it that says, we look to see what the Scripture commands, and then we amend it as reason demands. Our reason has been affected by the fall. We cannot reasonably come out with the best solution. We have to biblically come out with the best solution. The Nordic model allows our daughters to become prostitutes. Leviticus 19.29 says, do not prostitute thy daughters to cause her to become a whore. says, do not do it. The Nordic model allows it. We need to disallow it. I think that rarely do we look to the Scripture to come up with these. Now, we tend to think that, well, if we do it God's way, it won't work. We have a better way. And those that are promoting this inadequate, unbiblical, unscriptural, and dangerous Nordic model exposes the girls to being sexually penetrated routinely, it gives them a legal authority to do so. And I don't think that's right. I think it is wrong. Now, what has changed? Has our standard changed? Has the Bible changed? Are there not battles going on today? Are the men of God in Australia, are their hands, have they forgotten that their hands have been trained for war? We need to protect our women. We need to proscribe every aspect of prostitution, not just some. We have argued before city councils, before state parliamentary commissions, before federal parliamentary commissions. I have personally done this, and we have closed existing brothels. I've done that personally. We have banned applications for new brothels even being put in place. We've even gone into the Planning Appeals Tribunal and blocked applications where they have appealed our decision in the lower courts and gone into higher courts. We can take a biblical stand, and God will indeed show himself strong on our behalf. Now, I didn't lobby for the Nordic model. I lobbied to abolish all aspects of prostitution, and those were the results that we saw. Peter Abetz, has Jack got a point when he says both men and women should be penalised if they're involved in uh, either selling sex or buying it? Is that something that could be developed as an Australian model uh, that is not the same as necessarily the Nordic model, or or are there problems with that idea? Look, there are some problems with that idea, and I just want to correct something that Jack said. Under the Nordic model, brothels are illegal, Uh, Before they introduced that legislation in Sweden, there were over 500 uh, legal brothels in Sweden. Today, you cannot find a single brothel in Sweden. So that gives some indication of the effectiveness of the legislation. You can't find a legal one. Sorry? You can't find a legal one. You cannot find an illegal one either. Because it's too dangerous to... um, That's not true, Peter. That's not true. 
sorry, I've been to Sweden and I've I'm glad the you police, have. The, the police tell me that and the uh, uh, Patrick Sedeloff, who's in charge, who's the person whose job it is to ensure that every government agency does its utmost to stamp out prostitution and human trafficking, he says when anybody suggests that to him that all that's happened, that prostitution's gone underground, what he says is, here are my car keys, you take me to one brothel in Sweden, let's go. He said nobody, nobody's ever picked up those keys because they cannot find a single brothel in Sweden. What you do find in Sweden, and the only form of sex industry, if you like to call it that, that you do find in Sweden still, is an individual woman selling herself or advertising herself uh, on the internet, because that's the only uh, form of advertising that... Uh, can be done because that's done on service in the Netherlands. Correct. And her I'll I'll, uh, Um, let you in for a second in just a moment, Jack. um, Because in Sweden, for example, if anyone, uh, if an internet service provider were to host a website that advertises um, a woman selling herself, he's deemed a pimp, goes to jail for 10 years. So uh, I think the other thing I just want to pick up on uh, that Jack said, that uh, quoting from the Bible, you do not prostitute your daughters. That is, dads, don't sell your, your daughters into the, into, for prostitution. And the, the onus there is on, the, on the, the, the fathers. Hey, don't sell your daughters. And we as a community, uh, uh, with this Nordic legislation, we're actually saying that it is wrong Every aspect of prostitution is wrong. The, the, um, if, if we were to um, uh, uh, make in the sense for a woman to participate in prostitution, the big problem with that that we've got is that with human, with human sex trafficking being what it is, um, it's almost impossible to prove or for a woman to prove beyond reasonable doubt that she was forced into being a prostitute. Peter, I'm going to need to cut in here and we're going to continue our conversation after Vision National News. We're going to break for news and we're going to give opportunity in the next half hour for listeners to participate in the conversation. You might have your own view, your own insight to put forward and we'll open our talkback line on 1-800-316-316. Our two guests, Peter Abetz, former WA Upper House member and as you can hear, a long-time advocate of uh, an abolitionist and uh, and a model that will protect women. And Jack Sonneman from the Australian Federation for the Family, back with more shortly. In fact, gentlemen, let's take a call. Nikki is on the line from Victoria. Hello, Nikki. Welcome along. Welcome to 2020. Thank you. Nikki, what are your thoughts? Um, well, look, I'm really just keen to respond to what Jack was saying about him being an abolitionist. Um, and to point out that really what he's talking about is essentially the prohibition model, which has historically been what in every country has existed in prostitution law, where where prostitution is illegal, and that's both the buying and the selling. So men and women engaging in prostitution, that has been illegal. That's a prohibition model. But what we do know from that model is that it's the women who end up with 
a rap sheet and who get the night in jail and who are, who become the criminals because the men just slip away. The, the police are men. They don't track down the men using prostituted women. It's the women in that model that is the historical model that become the criminals. And I think what the whole Nordic model or even the decriminalisation or legalisation moves in various countries are attempts acknowledging that that traditional model that is what Jack's talk, talking about of prohibition doesn't work. Women still mostly remain victims. And the Nordic model, I think, is about... Okay, Nikki, good thoughts in there. Let's get some thoughts uh, from Jack Sonneman. Jack, your response to Nikki. Yeah, prohibition is the way to go. When we prohibit murder, less murder occurs. When we prohibit prostitution, less prostitution will occur. And in the decriminalization and um, uh, other models that have been adopted in New South Wales and Brisbane and Victoria and other places, all uh, sex trafficking has increased. All illegal brothels have increased. Even the mayor of Amsterdam, Job Cohen, says that the prostitution legislation there has been a failure, and he's instituted a, a reversal of the Nordic model because it has been a failure. In fact, yeah, when, we just, Nordic model. When, when we just... No, no that, but he's talking about the Nordic model because he looks at it as being a failure. The, uh, we, we want the law, I think, to reflect Christianity. We want the law, I think, to tell the women involved in the industry to go and sin no more. That's why we need to proscribe it. John verse eight, chapter 8, verse 11, Jesus told the woman involved in illicit sex, I think prostitution is illicit sex, to go and sin no more. And I would like to see the law reflect biblical Christianity. Uh, thank you so much to Nikki for your insight today, an important one. And let's get a, a response too from Peter Abetz uh, with, so, uh, with regard to the prohibitionist idea. Uh, your thoughts, Peter? Look, I think we've got to say it could be very practical from the perspective that Nikki pointed out is that the prohibition, prohibition, prohib, prohibition uh, of uh, prostitution uh, is. Um, uh, ideologically is 100% agreed. Um, for, I think most Christians would agree that uh, prostitution, uh, we don't want it and it should be abolished. The question is, how can we, in our current legal systems and policing systems, how can we bring that goal about? And as Nikki pointed out, um, when you uh, have a prohibi prohibition approach, it's invariably the women that end up being prosecuted and the men get off scot-free. That is a fact. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. Now, uh, Jack mentioned um, about the uh, Victoria and, and Amsterdam. They legalised uh, prostitution. Result is there's a massive increase in demand. There's not enough uh, desperate women around to meet that market demand. That created the perfect environment for human, uh, for organised crime to move in with sex trafficking. When I was in the Netherlands speaking with the um, police that are in charge of um, <clears throat> enforcing prostitution law there, they told me that the barges in Utrecht where the prostitution takes place, they said, we know that 85 to 95% of these women are trafficked women. Try Jack's model of prohibition. Yeah, we can prosecute all those women who are there against their will and the men get off scot-free. But if you prosecute 
anyone who attempts or purchases sexual services, we actually get the guys. And the thing is, <clears throat> the, the fact of the matter is, if men did not buy sex, prostitution would vanish. It's as simple as that. So if we can stop men buying sex, we'll achieve the goal of ab- uh, abolishing prostitution. Thank you so much to Nikki from Victoria, who was behind uh, that response there. Let's take another call. Simone is on the line from WA. Hello, Simone. Welcome along. Hi. Simone, what are your thoughts? Oh, um, well, as a prostitution survivor myself of, of legal and illegal prostitution, I'm just a bit surprised by Mr. Sonneman's attitude because... He doesn't appear to have sort of a structural analysis of how the Nordic model would work. And I don't, it seems that he, he want, doesn't want to abolish prostitution, but rather he wants to make sure that everyone's punished. Um, because when we make it completely illegal, the pimps and the sex buyers have a lot more power over us in the sex trade um, because we're going to get prosecuted too. But with the Nordic model we have that chance and opportunity to get out. And majority, we're vulnerable, very vulnerable women. We end up with criminal records and people don't want to give us another job. Uh, So I I don't understand. And I agree with what Nikki was saying about prohibition uh, versus abolition. Uh, You either want to see the end of this sex trade or you don't. And... uh, the Nordic model is the one that is ending prostitution by ending demand. The power dynamics are that in our society, men have the majority power over female bodies. Um, Simone, good thoughts there. Let's get a response from Jack Sonneman. Jack, uh, are those criticisms relevant? When we make prostitution legal, as the Nordic model does, it we doesn't. all become pimps. The Nordic model... does not proscribe women from selling their bodies for sex. I think, as a Christian, we should love women enough to stop them from doing so. I think it harms women. I don't think it is good for women. Therefore, taking a stand like Jesus would, if a girl came up to him and asked him if she should become a prostitute, the Nordic model would allow her to. I would think that Jesus would not allow her to. And I think all aspects of prostitution, in fact, in the U.S., Prostitution would not exist if the law was simply enforced. So it's not a legal problem, it's an enforcement problem. They need to be enforcing the law. All the feminist leaders in the U.S. say prostitution in America would not exist if the current laws were enforced. And then people come along with a new law, the Nordic law, and think it will be enforced when none of the other laws are being enforced. The problem is not with the law. The problem is with the enforcing of the law. Thank you. Thank you. uh, Let me cut in. uh, Thank you so much to Simone from WA. Uh, Let's uh, get a response from uh, Peter Abetz uh, to the idea of enforcement because uh, this would appear to be, if anything, uh, if any aspect is criminalised, there needs to be some sort of enforcement. If there is no enforcement, isn't this an irrelevance that we're even talking about changing the law? Look, absolutely agree that uh, a law needs to be enforced to be of any value. Uh, South Korea introduced the uh, Nordic-type legislation, but they also criminalised the uh, women who sell sex. But uh, So they actually have what Jack wants, uh, 
but they, they, they don't enforce the law. And so there's brothels all over the place. And uh, so you absolutely agree. The laws must be enforced if they're to be of, of any use. But what you have to understand is put yourself in the position of the police and the magistrates if to, um, to, for the police to get a prosecution of a man for having uh, sex in a brothel that is exceedingly difficult to prove. We've had plenty of those cases in Australia before the courts where the, the guy says, no, I just went into the brothel to talk to the woman. How can you prove that they had sex? You can't. Therefore, the man gets off scot-free and the, the, the industry continues. So there's no... Um, under that model, there is no um, uh, disincentive, if you like, for a man to visit a brothel because the police have to prove that sex took place. And <clears throat> so that's that part. But if you uh, prohibit the purchase of sexual or the, the purchase or attempted purchase of sexual services, it makes it so easy for the police. They just got to tap the phone line and uh, record, because <clears throat> that's what happens in Sweden. The uh, the, the plainclothes police are outside the place where the woman uh, who refused to go into rehab uh, is, is operating from. They either warn off the men and say, if you go in there, we're going to arrest you. Or they, uh, if they've been in, as they come out, they ask them to look at them. What's your mobile phone number? Bingo. You made that phone call uh, uh, wanting to purchase sexual services. Bingo. We've got you. So simple. It, it doesn't tie up court time and it's had the effect of a massive reduction in the demand for prostitution. When I was in France, uh, that was be just before they introduced that, uh, their, the Nordic model legislation there, the um, uh, Doctors Without Borders, we met with them and they said it's a terrible legislation, this Nordic model, because the poor women <coughs> in Paris they're not getting enough uh, work anymore um, because men are staying away in droves. So see, if men know that they're going to get prosecuted, it is a huge disincentive to go and visit a prostitute. And that's why in Sweden, the sex industry has virtually collapsed. Uh, it's, it's, it's a minute part of what it used to be. And uh, the, that's why countries... <clears throat> That, uh, that are looking at different... When I met with the police in Germany, I said to them, because they've got a legalised um, situation and, and prostitution is totally out of control, I asked the police officers I, that I spoke with, I said, if you could change any aspect of your legislation, what would it be? And they all in the chorus said together, we'd introduce the Swedish legislation because okay. it's so much easier to deal with uh, and and uh, prevent human trafficking and uh, reduce the number of women in prostitution. Okay, let's uh, thank Simone from WA for her insight and input today. Let's take another call. Jenny is in New South Wales. Hello, Jenny. Welcome along. Yes. Hello. Jenny, what are your thoughts? Yes. Um, yes, Neil. Uh, I think um, the Nordic model has is, is got so much going for it and we have to look at something that can really make a, a proper um, difference in our country. Um, it's all good talking about the States or somewhere, but we're talking about Australia. And, you know, we only have to pick up a, a newspaper and there's ads in the back of the newspapers. There's all sorts of things that flow on from 
um, prostitution and um, trafficking of women coming to our country. It must be happening all the time. Mm. And these poor people, um, sometimes they manage to run away and they don't even know what suburb they're in. And, you know, Peter is giving us some tool that will work. Why don't we go with that? I think we certainly start with that. If that can work, let's make it work. Thank you, Jenny. Great insight and a, a very quick response uh, from Peter Abetz. Uh, the fact that the Nordic model has some flaws, uh, but it actually does do something to uh, to uh, to address the idea of uh, of a complete uh, legalisation. Look, uh, legalising prostitution or decriminalising it, I'm totally opposed to that, uh, and the. That what I love about the Nordic approach is that it puts the emphasis on reducing demand for sexual services. And, <clears throat> and like, Sweden has, a, has virtually no human sex trafficking problem. Go to Germany, go to Netherlands. Um, it's, it's a massive problem, the human sex trafficking. Is um, <clears throat> okay. If you've ever watched the movie Taken... Um, uh, if, uh, if you haven't, uh, I'd suggest take it out and, and watch it. <clears throat> the police in, um, in the Netherlands said to me, go and watch that movie. And they said, that is actually, a, that could be a documentary that occurs every week at every major airport in Europe. Mm. So legalising, definitely not the way to go. But anything that we can do to reduce the number of women involved in prostitution... Uh, that's got to be a winner. And so far, the Nordic uh, approach is the by far the most effective way of reducing prostitution. Okay, thank you so much to Jenny in New South Wales. Time for maybe one more a very quick call and quick responses. Uh, let's hear from Samuel in Western Australia. Samuel, welcome along. Okay, thank you so much to Jenny. Uh, good Wales. morning, Neil. Samuel, just turn your radio down in the background. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Neil. What do you th- you need to be quick, Samuel. What are your thoughts? Okay, so my thoughts are that if we look at um, prostitution today, we all understand that it's one of the oldest traits or oldest professions. However, when we look at what Jesus said to the prostitute that the, uh, the people brought to him, he said, um, go and sin no more. And I believe that um, prostitution is just an influence of the devil and his cause. And if we look at it from the perspective of reformation and not punitive, I believe Christians can influence this um, by prayer and, and people will be reformed. And if you think about um, the punitive factor, then we are looking at it also from the time of Jesus Christ. Um, people knew that if you sin or if you go into prostitution, you are punishable by death, yet people were practicing it. In our days, if you bring it and you put a kind of punishment attached to it, it will go underground, and I don't believe that it will end. But what we can do as believers is that we can contribute to it by probably reforming people when we are able to identify them and influence them by the Word of God and by prayer.
Thank you, Samuel. Good insights there. And uh, we are towards the latter part of our conversation. And I just wanted to uh, bring in with our two guests today, Peter Abetz, former WA Upper House member, and Jack Sonneman from the Australian Federation for the Family, and talking through the different ideas that go around uh, legislation that uh, deals with this issue of prostitution. I think the thing that uh, all Christian commentators certainly agree on is that uh, Christian uh, um, that men that uh, that women are very important and uh, they are uh, very valuable and so therefore uh, we want the best for women in these circumstances uh, we agreed that christians are abolitionist and we agreed that none on the christian side of an argument like this uh, would want to see a legalized prostitution that's what the sex industry wants let me come to uh, the idea of what the sex industry wants and uh, and contrasting where we ought to perhaps be placed as Christian believers, uh, basing our understanding on a Christian worldview or a biblical understanding. Uh, Jack Sonneman, uh, the idea of having a Christian view when it comes to this overall issue uh, is going to be something that governs the way Christians think about how values might be legislated. I think that, which is why I think we need a biblical model on prostitution, not a Nordic model. We are to, as Christians, as Jesus told us in the perfect prayer, to establish the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, not as it is in Sweden. I don't want to simply reduce prostitution. I want to abolish prostitution. I think it is wrong. James 4.17, to him who knows what is right as a Christian and does not do it, to him it is sin. I think it is wrong, as the Nordic model does, to not prohibit women from selling their bodies for sex. I think it harms women. I think we as Christians need to do what we can to protect women from even harming themselves. That's why we have laws against drug addiction. People harm themselves with drug addiction. When women choose to go into the industry of prostitution, I think they harm themselves. And I think as a Christian, we need to protect them. By the way, in Louisiana, when the police arrest prostitutes, they do not take them to jail. They take them to the faith-based church ministries that look after the women. Some want to help, some don't. So uh, it's like what we need to do here is a different and a radical approach. But in enforcing the existing law in the U.S., there would not be any prostitution. It is not a problem with the law. It's a problem with enforcing the law. Okay, Jack, we're running out of time. I need to just cut in here uh, because I wanted to get some thoughts uh, from Peter, uh, being a former WA uh, member, and you'll be anticipating what might be going on in the thoughts of politicians in South Australia, where it's this uh, law about prostitution that would be under review. What would be going through South Australian politicians as they consider at this present time what the decisions they might make? Look, uh, I think the uh, politicians uh, often get sold the the, the false story from the sex industry uh, that it's a glamorous thing that women are there because they want to and the money's good and all that. You know, um, the police in Germany where it's perfectly legal told me they do not know one woman in prostitution who owns her own apartment. It simply doesn't work that way. You know, prostitution is violence against women. And uh, the Samuel, when he called, said, you know, prostitution is the oldest profession. I say no, it's the oldest oppression of women. And um, <clears throat> until people recognise that uh, prostitution is 
um, damaging to everyone involved, men and the women. Um, we need to pass laws that uh, make it very clear that it's unacceptable, uh, just like domestic violence is unacceptable. And I just want to pick up on something that Jack said, that, <clears throat> you know, that prostitution wouldn't exist if the prohibition laws in the United States uh, were enforced. The fact is we prohibit murder, but it hasn't actually eliminated murder. So let's make sure that we actually get our heads around the fact that this side of heaven, we will not be able to eliminate all sin, but we need to pass laws that reduce the, um, the impact of the fall on society as much as we possibly can. And for that, we need wisdom and insight. And uh, all I would say is that the, the Nordic approach uh, does justice to the fact that uh, women who are in prostitution, you know, something like 80% were sexually abused in childhood. Um, they come from very vulnerable contexts, and if men would not purchase sex, the prostitution industry would simply die. And so any uh, a law that makes it simple for police to prosecute those who purchase or attempt to purchase sexual services, that has my support. Because okay that will have the greatest impact and the greatest benefit for our society. Well, we have run out of time, and I want to thank both of you gentlemen. Peter Abetz, uh, former WA Upper House member, and uh, I didn't mention, but Peter and uh, Peter, your wife, you, you were jointly nominated for an Anti-Slavery Australia 2015 Freedom Award. And uh, to you, Jack Sonneman from the Australian Federation for the Family, uh, spent decades as a campaigner for family values, a real champion of family values. Uh, to both of you gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to share your thoughts and uh, in a way that uh, that you know, there's some uh, some levels of tension uh, in the way that uh, that you both approach the issue. But I want to thank you very much for a great conversation today and for helping us to understand the differences between perhaps the idea of regulationist or abolitionist or prohibitionist, uh, those sorts of things important, and the idea that the sex industry uh, wants to see prostitution legalised in South Australia, uh, the idea that Christians don't want to see the sex industry in South Australia legalised, that Christians have an abolitionist perspective and that women are valuable and very, very important in this whole circumstance. Uh, to you both, Peter and to Jack, thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Bless you, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.